Good morning. It's Monday, January 31st. I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shemitha Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. We're in the middle of a redistricting process that'll affect politics for years. But between all the headlines and state-by-state court battles, it can be hard to see the big picture. So we called up 538 senior elections analyst Nathaniel Rakich, and we asked him to explain what the data tells us. If you measure by some metrics, Democrats are ahead slightly. If you measure by other metrics, Republicans are ahead slightly. In either case, it's not a huge change from the current maps. So maybe it's best to think of it as kind of a status quo redistricting cycle. Rakich said Republicans made strong gains in the last major redistricting a decade ago. So there isn't as much ground for them to gain this time around. In states like New York, where Democrats control the maps, or Florida, where Republicans control the maps, we could still see some pretty serious gerrymandering. It depends on how hard lawmakers push things for their party. So there are just a lot of districts that are kind of up for grabs there. So right now, if Democrats really want to go for the jugular in New York, they could gain four or five seats, perhaps. If Republicans want to go for the jugular in Florida, they could also gain, you know, maybe three seats. Rakich reminded us that it's not always lawmakers who have the final say on these maps. In some states, the courts play a big role. Let's look at Ohio. The state Supreme Court threw out a congressional map earlier this month. They said it violated the partisan fairness requirement in the state constitution. The proposed map would have given Republicans a heavy advantage. And these legal battles are happening in several other states, too. So a federal court recently overturned Alabama's congressional map, which had six Uh, white and Republican-leaning seats and only one black and Democratic-leaning seat. And they found that because Alabama is actually two-sevenths black, that two of the seats in Alabama out of its seven ought to have black majorities, which in practice means that they would be Democratic-leaning. And some states haven't even finalized their maps. So expect more fighting in courts and state legislatures over the future of electoral power. Federal prosecutors have reached plea deals on hate crime charges with two of the three men convicted of murdering Ahmaud Arbery. That's according to new court documents related to Gregory and Travis McMichael. It's up to the court to decide whether to accept the deals. But CNN reports an attorney for Arbery's mother says the family is devastated and will oppose the plea deal. The McMichaels and William Roddy Bryan, they were convicted of Arbery's murder in state court and they were sentenced to life in prison. Bryan is not mentioned in the latest documents. The federal hate crimes case is scheduled for next Monday. Now, if plea deals for the McMichaels are accepted by the court, Bryan is going to face the federal trial alone. You've probably heard about what we're now calling the Great Resignation. That's the record numbers of people in the U.S. who are quitting their jobs during the pandemic. An analysis by Recode caught our eye because it went a step further than most of the other pieces we've been reading about this. It found many people leaving their jobs are starting their own businesses. And it's a much more diverse group of entrepreneurs than we've seen in the past. 
Yeah, there was a much greater share of online small businesses started by women, black Americans, and people without college degrees. Overall, Rico found business ID applications hit a record 5.4 million last year. Stimulus checks and lower spending during lockdowns meant many Americans saved more money. Now, some are using that extra money to start businesses. For some, working from home, well, it also made it easier to develop a side hustle. Kimberly Blackman decided to take her side hustle, skincare, and turn it into a whole new venture. She is a Black woman who used to work in HR for a furniture company, and she told Recode that working for herself is more fulfilling. Now, starting a business, it's not easy. Most new businesses fail. Many new entrepreneurs, they struggle with marketing, accounting, HR, and web design. But nowadays, there are tech companies that offer a lot of these services and packages designed for small companies. This way, you can spend more time perfecting your product and less on paperwork. As one economist told Recode, the world is better set up to be able to go out on your own. And the pandemic was the push that got a lot of people in the U.S. deciding to be their own boss. You ever heard of an axolotl? Let me spell it for you. That's A-X-O-L-O-T-L. Maybe you know them from TikTok or Minecraft or specialty pet stores. There are aquatic salamanders that have these very distinctive external gills that look like kind of feather headdresses, if you will. That's Vox reporter Benji Jones. He recently wrote an article about this unusual-looking animal. These creatures are hard to describe. They sort of look like cartoonish aliens, but they're also kind of adorable. They typically spend their whole lives underwater, and they're very cute. They're often pink in color, and they have like an emoji-like smile on their face. So they've become very popular as pets as a result of that. They're also really big in the scientific community. Researchers have studied them for years to try and understand this really rare trait of them. Axolotls can regenerate limbs. They can regenerate parts of their spinal cord, even parts of their heart. And so as researchers try to figure out how we can promote better healing in humans, promote limb regeneration in humans, we can kind of look to axolotls and see what might be able to translate to human medical research. But even though there are around a million axolotls in homes and in labs, there are hardly any wild axolotls left in their native Mexico City. Benji recently went there, and he told me why they're disappearing. That's because their native habitat, the water in these canals in a borough of Mexico City, the water is polluted by chemicals from runoff from farms, from sewage. There are also two kinds of introduced fish, and those fish compete with them for food. They also eat them. Mm. And then there's also just a lot of development happening in this borough of Mexico City where they live, and that only increases the amount of sewage and waste that's flowing into their habitat. So it's really a story about a degraded ecosystem that they live in now. Mm. And I should say, they're only found in this one part of Mexico City, in the south of Mexico City, and nowhere else in the world in the wild. Why does it matter that their population in the wild is diminishing? What I found in my reporting is basically that in many ways to sustain wild axolotls is to help sustain ourselves as well. So, for example, having wild axolotls indicates that the water in their environment is clean and that water is used to clean crops and to irrigate crops. And that means that the crops can be healthier 
less polluted. And that's also good for the farmers who sell them because people in the markets don't want to buy produce from a polluted farm. So Mm. in many ways, axolotls are kind of an indicator species, an indication that the ecosystem is healthy. And I think every species in an ecosystem, whether or not we, we know about them or we interact with them at all, they play some kind of role. So axolotls, they're considered a kind of top predator in their environment. They eat smaller marine organisms. Those organisms eat other things. And it creates this, I know this sounds cliche, but it's like this tree of life. Of life. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, a, I mean, it is literally a circle of life. Mm-hmm. And I know that we hear about that all the time and why should we care? But it, it really does matter that we maintain the sustainability of these trees of life because, Ultimately, that maintains a healthy environment. And especially for people who live in this ecosystem, that really matters for their livelihood. So it does matter that they are alive in the wild. The last few days were full of NFL news, both on and off the field. You had all those questions about whether Tom Brady is retiring. And then there were the playoff games that set the stage for the big game next month. At Super Bowl 56, you're going to see the Cincinnati Bengals against the L.A. Rams. The Bengals, by the way, earned their spot in overtime. And Cincinnati is heading to the Super Bowl. He called it again, I'm sure. He walked up and he goes, can you believe, coach? We're going to the Super Bowl. Did you see that coming? Hardly anyone (laughs) saw that coming. The Bengals were 125 to 1 long shots to get to the Super Bowl. They only won four games in the previous season. We've curated a special selection of Super Bowl stories. For football fans, we've got details on the teams and the players. And for everyone else, we've got coverage of those ads and the halftime show. That's all on the Apple News app, along with all the stories we talked about today. And when you're in the app, keep listening to hear narrated articles from our News Plus partners. We'll talk with you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.